Okay, hello my fellow Web3 OGs, crypto luminaries, and all friends of blockchain in Korea and Southeast Asia and Eastern Asia. Thank you for joining the event today. I know that you guys have been waiting a long time to network and further detail. Eat food will be very quick, don't worry. Um, I'll start with a very, very brief introduction of each speaker in, in Fireside Chat to panelists, and then also they will share a story about their time in the Web3 space globally, in whether it be Hong Kong, Singapore, Korea, or beyond. So first we'll start story time with our good friend here. Hi, um, my name is Peter. Uh, I had a story just then already. Um, but another story I'd like to share is um, 2015. Um, that was the bear market after 2013. And Ethereum was just out for a while, uh, and I started mining it, and uh, we didn't know what we were doing. But the great thing was, at the time, you could buy um, GPUs from Taba, and they had this promotion where you could return it after six months, right, uh, for the same price, so we bought a whole bunch. And uh, that was great, we managed to build uh, an Ethereum farm, and within three months, the price rallied, and with like 500 GPUs, we managed to expand to 2,000 and sell all of it all at once. Um, I think the great thing about it now is looking at the market now, uh, I think um, AI coming uh, will be a great user of GPU, uh, which I'm getting into now. I'm building a small GPU base. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to repeat that, but uh, fingers crossed. Wonderful, thank you very much, Peter. Okay, moving on to Mr. Sosa. I'm sorry, you, you, sorry. Hi, uh, my name is Jen. Um, I'm the founder of Transition Start. We do, we host uh, offline physical exhibitions uh, for NFTs to give the benefit of appreciation. I'm also the founder of uh, Alicia, it's an RWA protocol. Um, my, I have a funny encounter with uh, BCH. This was back in, uh, I think, December uh, 2017. Uh, we were driving to the East Coast in Sokcho, and um, at that time, um, Bitcoin Cash was pumping crazy because it just got listed on Bitsum. I think it was Bitsum. I don't think they had a beat yet. And it was pumping crazy, and um, I really wanted to sell, but it wouldn't let me sell because uh, there was so much traffic. So I stopped in the middle of the freeway with my pregnant wife, um, and I stopped the car, um, got out immediately, and tried to sell it. As, as much as possible. Um, my wife still talks about it to this day, and it's um, it always was a resurrection of um, how desperate I was, um, and also exciting uh, back in the days. And so, um, great to be here, uh, great to talk here with the Bitcoin Cash community. Thank you. Thank you, Yoon. I can tell you're quite the DJ. Thank you very much. Okay, moving on to Mr. Noah. Hello, I'm head of Cocos. My name is Noah, and then I build a uh, web ticket. Uh, Community is a name is Doctor Dao. We are doing uh, incubating and then uh, we are doing some time study together. And then uh, I want to explain about the uh, Web three story of the scam scammer. <laughs> so usually is um, Korea. Many people thinking Korea is a crypto market is a very big market, but actually uh, I think ninety percent is a scam. Yeah, because uh, many projects is uh, usually in Korean market is uh, have their uh, kimchi, kimchi premium 
and the lot like a Luna, Terra. <laughs> so, um, so usually I think um, uh, most important is battery uh, market is a uh, prepper. So we have to show a uh, prepper and then uh, consider uh, how develop, consider how getting the user. Yeah, it is the best important thing. So everybody wants to study more battery and then check that they are prepper. Thank you very much, Noah. He has a very good experience with many web 3 NFT DeFi products in Korea. So when he says there are a lot of scams, please believe him. Also, stay positive. There are other good products beyond as many scams of Asia for the web 3 business. Okay, moving on to Jessica, or AKA Invisible Gang Boss. Yeah, how you doing, everybody? I'm Invisible Gang Boss. Um, yeah, I was joking. Um, I'm Jessica Lee, um, going by Yoon um, in Korean name. I'm 100% Korean, born and raised in South Korea. And I'm currently volunteering as an like, organize, organizer um, in Hurdao. Hurdao is a women focus uh, for female developers, but it is not only limited, limited to female. So if you're a developer or like founder of Web3 who are interested in getting grants, or getting into hackathons, please feel free to like follow Rita on Twitter. I mean, X or um, Google us and like uh, Google or whatever. Like you can find us on, like everywhere. And my first encounter with um, Web three was a like fitness. There's a like fitness club called Up First, which is a basically small M two B club. Uh, if you if you finish the like workout workout mission, you can get a like some like tokens and coins or in exchange. And that's why I'm into DeFi, cause M2 it doesn't work like didn't work at all for me, cause like fitness itself like was like so fun so fun for me. So I'm kind of like exploring the world of like, DeFi right now, and then I'm staying in Korea, um, especially in uh, a hacker house called Immersion House from Nose, which is a like one of the like Genesis hacker house. Uh, the foundation of Web3 in South Korea. And then I'm relocating in a couple of months to Singapore or Hong Kong to find out my new opportunities in DeFi, especially in like crypto payments. Yeah, happy to meet you guys all. Thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you very much. Okay, moving on to the, the wonderful Miss Jenny. Uh, hello, my name is Jenny, and uh, I currently work as the Bybit NFT Marketplace BD Manager. Uh, so if you guys have a really great NFT project, uh, feel free to look for me on Twitter. Just search my name, Jenny Jung, and then drop me a message and maybe send me a deck. So like, uh, yeah, I've been in crypto for like uh, five, six years. I've been in a project. Uh, I was like one of the core member of a crypto project back in 2017, 2018. And then I also worked in uh, crypto media, and now I work for crypto exchange. So yeah, so I, I kind of like this experience to give me this like full picture of this whole industry to share a little story of Web3. You know, Yun's story was like really interesting. I have something similar. You know, during the 2020, the DeFi summer, you know, everybody's dropping each other, you know, the, the secret key signal, you know, buy this right now, and, and it will pump, you know. That was like Wall Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, once, like, I was, like, driving in, in, in Seoul, like, it, it's not a highway, but it's also dangerous. And somebody would call me and say, oh, buy this, this is a new, this is a new coin coming out, it's a meme. 
So I just, I just, you know, park the the uh, the car on the side of the road and buy the coin at the moment. So it was like extremely dangerous, but uh, I made some money on that, so no regrets. So uh, a lot of people, you know, they are like uh, saying that. I think it's too late to get into Web3 because you know Bitcoin has already you know increased that much. Like even I buy now, I, I cannot earn much. And I'll say there are always new opportunities coming out like every year. Uh, you can have like the ICO uh, premium during the 2017, 2018, uh, 2018, and then it's the IEO, IPO, and also the DeFi center. Uh, and if you you get into Web3 on like early 2022, you can still catch the NFT, NFT trend, right? You can still make a lot of money. I'm sure there will be uh, like new things coming out like uh, like this year or next year. There are always new things coming out. So just keep alert and uh, maybe uh, pay attention to those like huge KOLs, uh, influencers, great influencers like SoSo, and maybe join WorldOut to get yourself educated and informed of the new trend to, to make the money. Okay, so. Thank you so much, Shin, for sharing your background, your story. I'm very happy to see that you're willing to risk your, your life for the, for the digital bag. So really good for you. Uh, okay, moving on now to Mr. SoSo. Hello, I'm uh, SoSo. I'm the guy who made the quiz first place. Actually, actually, it's not fair that I'm winning, so yeah, actually, I don't need to uh, get it. Please give it to the six, six person. Uh, by the way, uh, I started crypto in 2017, I think, uh, when the Ethereum pump lot at that time. Uh, actually, not many people know, but uh, one day in 2017, May 27, Ethereum market cap was higher than Bitcoin only about one hour, I think. So in the coin market cap, you cannot find it. At that day, at that day I started crypto. And uh, I, I, worked, uh, I was a medical doctor at the time, but uh, I changed as a crypto YouTuber in Korea, uh, one of the first generation. And after that, I founded a crypto uh, capital named uh, Blockcrafters. And now I'm working in the Bifrost, which is a layer one solution in Korea. It's a EVM compatible. But uh, our main focus is, is connecting uh, chains together, including Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, uh, of course. So we are focusing still connecting several chains and make value on this. So, yeah. yeah thank you, Soso. I, I think we have a question for you, Soso. Why did you change your career uh, or business pathway from becoming a doctor to a crypto OG? So, uh, medical doctors more local jobs. So I, I know the local people, the, uh, I worked in a very uh, specific uh, local area named Jimisan in Korea. I don't know how many people know about it. I work in a place like Sanchong. So, uh, in the, the town I lived, only 50 families living. And the average age was about 70. So uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a very good life in the local life. But I wanted to do something that I can change. Be a global man. Yeah, more more changing and give some effort to changing the world. Yeah. So yeah, crypto is better in that side. Okay, wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Very interesting story. Okay, moving on to our last panelist in the corner, uh, Eric. 
Before I introduce myself, uh, can I just ask you, do you regret it ever? Do you regret it ever? Ever? Uh, yeah, when Ethereum was under 80 bucks, uh, that was late 2019. I, I had a thought of regretting, but that was actually only one month, so it's, yeah, except that I was always okay, I think, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Hi, my name is Eric Choi. I'm the CEO and founder of Diant, uh, Diant, like digital giant shortened. Um, we are a Web3 Venture Studio based in Seoul. I've been in crypto for uh, eight, nine, going on my ninth year, I think, pretty soon. Uh, got it very early, obviously did not keep my Bitcoin. Um, I think my most interesting story of crypto will go back to the kimchi premium days, not gonna lie. Um, so while he was managing ATMs um, where people would come to him for the whole uh, kimchi premium, I was flying back Double bags of cash to Japan, and you're between like half a million to 1.5 million at a time because, well, I could land, they could deposit it into a bank, uh, put it into Bitflyer, and then send it over. And before I checked into my hotel room, you generate anywhere between like, I don't know, 12 to 50. I think the most I've ever made on a trade was 53% on the premiums. Sadly, I'm on the opposite side of the theater. Those days will never come back, ever. Um, crypto has just grown too much, I think, for that. Um, although that'd be great. Um, um, yeah, we're focused on, uh, we're currently, we recently launched uh, SuperChief.io, which was uh, the world's first NFT uh, gallery based in uh, LA and New York. Um, we are currently partnered with Uncommon Gallery as well, in a sister gallery relationship, and uh, yeah, my run of 10 person team is focused on product development here. Eric? A very interesting story. Sounds super legal and sketchy, but I guess you're still here in live, not in prison. So really good for you. Oh, okay, everybody, please a round of applause for our speakers before we move on to the next question. Okay, so uh, since we have a very diverse dichotomy of panelists today for our fireside chat, I, I want to break out into discussion about some of the latest trends in the Web3 space. Uh, currently in the market, also what we're able to see in for the next three to five years in the future, right? So maybe we can start the conversation with the topic of STO, right? So I know that a couple of panelists here today have interest in STO. So what are your thoughts, panel, about STOs in Korea, uh, globally, or, or um, in the market of your choice? Uh, yeah, let me, let me grab this for a second. Um, so before we're doing free space, uh, I co-founded a project called Felicia. Um, was, we started in 2018, back when um, RWAs were called STOs. Um, and uh, we've been uh, tokenizing real estates uh, in different forms you know, under, and, and, and kind of imitating the traditional you know, financial system uh, of securities. And um, yeah, we've been doing that for four years. Uh, our AUM right now is around uh, 20 million. Um, and um, the way I see it now, like, Every year, every cycle, the Korean government would actually try to uh, impose um, some type of uh, you know, guidelines to uh, facilitate, um, you know, the, the use of uh, tokens for, um, you know, um, assets with uh, small liquidity or less liquidity. Um, they've been failing every year, every time. This year, uh, we thought it would be different, and the government actually had a, a really um, specific guideline last year. 
um, to highlight um, what their what the issues were, how they want to you know uh, interpret it. But the thing is, the exact guideline that they imposed last year was based off of the um, the script that the uh, um, financial committee wrote back in 2018. So nothing's really changed, and um, and I feel like um, there's going to be a lot more um, time. It'll take more time for Korea to actually uh, bring this uh, to the mainstream. Um, at the same time, in Korea, well, at the same time, I think there's a, a demand for RWA um, in Korea or in global um, these days, and um, I'm very optimistic about it. Um, for example, Alicia, right now, we're trying to, uh, we have a DeFi protocol to swap these uh, different assets, whether it's real estate or you know, account receivables. Um, so we do treasury T-bills and stuff like that. So, but it's still in the early stages. So um, we're still trying to find new players in the industry who are very serious about this and try to do it in a more decentralized and um, permissionless way. And um, yeah, um, we, we're, we're going to continue to work for this and um, hope for the best. Great insight. Thank you for sharing. Uh, anybody else has steal in, in, in insights or, or predictions? Yeah, uh, Hong Kong has an SEO market. Uh, we haven't proved much. Uh, but looking at it, I think um, SEOs in general are, are given by the futures and commission security side of stuff, right? And uh, I think it's likely to use that to cut into the monetary authority or the, or the banking side, right? So likely debt, right? How are we going to cut debt? So, It'll be interesting to see um, governments around the world, because it's normally like several bonds, to try to take money off the bank bankers. <laughs> the security guy is trying to take the bankers' money. Um, the second part, I think, uh, is uh, uh, like alternative equities that maybe the, the uh, SEC style don't want to touch. Right? But you, you kind of have that already in the, in the DEX market. Right. And then maybe the third is uh, commodity types. And this is more global, and it'll be it'll be very uh, uh, localized. Um, but what I think is most interesting is because this is very futuristic. It takes a while for the regulators to really allow the STO regulation to attack other types of asset classes that are already on on uh, uh, fiat chain uh, systems. And I think there is a market for uh, pre-STO indexes. I think that's what's most interesting. Where we create pots or pools of assets that can list on maybe Hong Kong, maybe Korea, maybe US, and a whole lot of regulatory arbitrage. I think that's what's really interesting. Very interesting too the, the contrast between the RWA market in Korea slash Singapore and Hong Kong. I do also personally believe that uh, STOs in RWA in Korea will certainly change the market in a, in a very bullish manner, and that will affect, of course, the crypto DeFi market as well beyond uh, the official security assets. Um, anybody else have any uh, comments upon STO market, either in Korea or globally, before we go on to the next topic? So I guess, like, to spell it out, we can kind of talk about where the Korean market's at existingly on STOs. Um, the Korean market currently has uh, a regulatory sandbox for STOs. Um, there have only been two projects that have been approved. Um, I believe they're approving the next two over the next month and a half. Um, one of them is a uh, company-based uh, that is co-working with Samsung called ALOC. And uh, uh, basically what we're seeing within the space is, is that there's not enough people interested on a government angle to understand why to push this forward. 
at least for the securitization side. I feel like the government's more interested in how do we tax this at this current point in time, and, and they should be as a government. Um, governments are also private entities. Um, but I feel like we can go back to what real-world assets kind of are. I think people, when they talk about tokenizing of real-world assets, are looking at real estate or gold or specified derivatives. Um, but uh, you made a good point here, which is that uh, we're looking at now private equities markets and the private debt markets to see what complex financial product we can bring on chain, which is where like DeFi and SPOs are kind of a very like parallel development in form, although DeFi is much under-regulated. I feel like the most interesting part will be when private credit sector products hit the market. For example, like um, people who are investing within the crypto space in general are looking for shorter term returns. A private equity investment in general in financial traditional markets is two to seven year ex expected returns. Um, private credit markets, although are a little bit different because you're getting interest on the money as well. Um, for example, a private credit thing would be like if someone, if a hotel company like, you know, uh, uh, Marriott decided to build a hotel in Korea and they needed 60 million financing and the, the actual land and the building itself was worth more than that and they collateralized that, which would make it senior secured. And then basically allowing for whoever that is willing to take that opportunity on a senior secured loan and then be able to actually act as the creditor. Um, I think those markets are coming very soon, especially with like JP Morgan and bigger players jumping into the game. I can state that Singapore and Hong Kong is much more advanced in a place for this than South Korea yet. Um, but I feel like that landscape will change over the next few years. Yes, as a final comment for the STO topic, I believe that securities and other RWA investments are already reality in the market. So I think it's just the education of why tokenizing such uh, STO or securities or RWA is a, is a need. More liquidity, faster transaction, more transparency, easier due diligence, so on and so forth. So I think it has to come with education as well for each market of interest. Okay, moving on to the next topic. So I know that we discussed this already tonight in the previous panel and other discussions, but I'm curious what the panelists' thoughts are about. How can we really use cryptocurrency and NFTs in the real world uh, in a way where it's scalable, accepted by government, and it's easy access for Web2 users, Web2-minded individuals and folks, whether it be in Korea, Singapore, Hong Kong, or other global markets? Well, like actually, I've been trained to say something like positive for this panel talk before this session, because like say what you will. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be possible in a like in a decade in South Korea, because like it took over a couple of years to get like Apple Pay in this in this country. So like I I recently traveled to Southeast Asia, especially for the Token Twenty Forty Nine, along with like Mongolia, Thailand, um, Vietnam. Um, Singapore and Malaysia, and then um, the one thing I found out is that like Korea, Korea has a well-developed econo e economy because it, it has like tenth tenth biggest well-developed economy in the world. Like, and the KRW was um, Korean one is um, especially a quite quite good currency, and we have a well-developed like um, social economy, and social credibility systems, and like credit card systems. So like. I don't think Korean Korean economy and Korean government will gonna have that 
something could like mass adoption in our real life society in the in a decade. But like um in like Southeast Asia, which is a like growing economy, um who are who are in need of like who are in need of like um tokenizing or or just um or just like making that underground economy into the real economy for real. Um looking at the uh for for example, the Adar project, which happened just before in India, uh, Venezuela, at that kind of market, like, um, I, I think that, yeah, Southeast Asia, um, Africa, that continent, like, we can see the market for, in that continent first, and then after a decade, um, yeah, that will be the South Korea. Um, I put it so just, thank you. Sorry, I'm just very curious, because like, um, so I agree with most of those statements, but I disagree with the fact that, uh, so I agree with the statement in the fact that it's usually easier to come up with new infrastructure than, than replace existing infrastructure, right? Which is why Korea, that's so technologically evolved, or in most countries that are first world countries in general, it'll be harder to have new infrastructure adoption because it involves getting rid of existing powers, right? But at the same point, if you look at Korea and how what we did with uh, the FIU during derivatives, um, so financial derivatives in Korea were illegal until 1997, although they've existed for decades before that. It only took a year and a half for us to adopt, and now we're the second biggest market in the world, um, which is insane for a country of 55 million people. Um, I think Korea has this very, very interesting trait of overcorrecting. Um, I think this can be in a good manner and a bad manner as well. But I think the overcorrecting in terms of adoption to technology, Korea does really well. Um, but I feel like the issue with Korea like, I think it's a cultural thing in a general sense. We're never first. We'll be second, but we'll never do something first. Always benchmarking. Always benchmarking. I mean, look at iPhone and Samsung, right? Like, let's be realistic here. Um, the original idea came from the iPhone. Samsung just took it, put Android on it, and then made it their own, added different tweaks, made it open source, and now, you know, we have that market. Um, I think there is a possibility that if there is I think the rule is basically placed on us, how loud we are, how much we can get people to adopt, because if you look at even the internet era, like, for example, all of you use the internet, how many of the people here, actually this is the wrong crowd to ask, because you're all in tech, but how many people that are actually using the internet know what HTTPS is? Like, I would say 98% of the internet, or individuals who use the internet on a daily basis don't know. I think that's the layer that blockchain and crypto and NFT technology will become. Um, I think we see it already happening. Uh, Kakao Kaba do their matching engines through a blockchain network. Um, Ku, the, the COVID system, the entire bit system and the archives were on a POA blockchain network. Um, I feel like we're already seeing it. It's just a matter of the fact that no one talks about the technology underlying layer of it, and everyone talks about where the money's at. Thank you very much. Um, how about from SOSO? I know that MyFoss also has innovations currently in, into bringing Web2 users into Web3 space. So what do you uh, think about this transition? So, yeah, uh, I know I know uh, Kakao or other insurance companies have blockchain technology, but uh, we are not really interested in the technology. We are more interested in the price. So in the price effect, that's is actually more private chain tech or that's meaningless for the Web3 people as well. 
We are uh, so last month we announced uh, AA wallets, so abstract uh, wallets. So you can make your own private key. You don't need to hold a private key. You can just make your wallet with your Google or Discord email, and the private key is split it, and your phone or your laptop have sort of it. The service provider have a sort of it, and the server have sort of it. So it's split it, so nobody holds a private key. Only when the transaction made it, kind of stuff we are supporting. And after that, in one month, we get about 200 million, uh, 200,000 users, new users in our mainnet. So yeah, some Web2 users come into Web3, I'm pretty sure of it. But it's take time. And other stuff we are preparing with the Korean government, like everyone said, Korean government is slow and they're always the second. Actually, second is not so bad, so, but normally they are lower than second. But uh, we work in with Kika, which is the, one of the biggest uh, Web2 KYC company. And we are just uh, in the government uh, adjustment for the Web3 KYC. So, uh, uh, I thought about uh, when the old uh, black money in the Bitcoin uh, cash wash, wash trading and stuff like that, using the money with the terrorism and kidnapping uh, trading. I saw the wallets will be split up with white wallet and black wallet. So white wallet will be which is the, the KYC AML and you can follow the money from the exchanges very clear. Black money will be most used as a, a tornado cash, stuff like that. So we don't know where which money comes from and stuff like that. So we're supporting the KYC platform and the Web3, so everyone can do the kind of EID, it's a sold out token basis. Uh, so that kind, you can split the wallets in the web, same Web3, there will be a white zone and a black zone, and in the white zone money, it's really more clear and you can uh, easily can trade it and stuff like that. So I think regulation is time period, but the technology itself are moving quite fast. So tech basis will be ready in I think about one or two years I think we have the whole system ready so it's more about the regulation if the regulation is ready we can just connect it to the web to AML so the AML KYC will be much more easier but I'm not sure because I'm not the government uh, how fast the government will move I see. Yeah. so for now I think the, the foremost the most uh, line of the government uh, most aggressive is Japan right now Japan government or Hong Kong government is most aggressive in the regulation and uh, it's a pretty good moving for the MC. Okay, wonderful. I, I think we're overall seeing a couple of angles. Obviously, one is regulation, as Soso has mentioned. Number two being the market need. If the, the, the market that we're discussing is investing infrastructure, financial, let's say exchange in, in, in economy, then is there really a short-term need for crypto and NFT feasibility, right? Uh, are there any uh, final uh, notes from the panel regarding this topic before we move on to the next point? So, like, can I ask something? Um, as a like perspective from a like um, uh, product builder, um, the one thing that I've been like always wondering when we like when we when we have been like, talking about the thing called the mass adoption and the like users, um, I think it is like better to uh, talk about the definition of the users. Because like um, when it's when it, when we're talking about layer one or layer two, like uh, whatever um. Um, what's different? What's different from like web two? Um, web, web two is 
um, I mean, like what defines like Web three is that a uh, unique user ID does not does not define. It's not the same with the like unique wallet ID. Um, so like users could be wallets, users could be like individuals, or users could be um, whales, or users could be um, just a mess. So before like going to before going to like talking about some um, other users or like go-to-market strategies, I think we need to define and specify the users. Yeah, from that that's a like perspective from the builder side. Very good point. Okay, thank you again, Jessica. Any last commentary, or shall we move on to the next? Okay, we can move on. So uh, that will, I believe, wrap up our fireside chat tonight. I think we're all ready to have some more food and drinks. Uh, are there any last-minute questions from the audience regarding these topics? Yes, please. Now we'll then roll, roll over to the official BTCH cash giveaway.